You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hi friends, I am back with an update about my grandparents and it's not a happy one, Um, but I've been kind of building up the courage and also like personal deep reflection to be able to share this update with y'all because I do feel like so connected to all the listeners here. Um, But before we dive in, uh, for those of you who might be new, I'm Nadia Okamoto and I'm your host of Tigris, which is really just like an uh, unedited <laughs> open diary of what I'm thinking about, what I'm learning, what I'm going through, um, and also just really reflecting on this crazy life. Um, I think that what I've really enjoyed over like the last couple months of being together um, with my producers at DCP and also just with this growing Tigris audience, um, what I've really like taken away is just a feeling of being less alone. I feel like a lot of times I come into these sessions And I'm kind of nervous to talk about the things I'm going to talk about because I try to push myself to talk about things that most people might be afraid to discuss, right? Whether that be periods or anatomy or like healing as a survivor or just mental health. Um, And that is honestly, especially the case with the topic I'm going to be talking about today. Um, But if any of what I've learned from the last, you know, episodes I've done where I open up about something that vulnerable, um, I really kind of unexpectedly and excitedly find community in it, right? Because when it comes to things like being a survivor, unfortunately, it's not an uncommon thing. And I think that um, it's kind of an exercise and opportunity to remind us that we have so many shared experiences and there's power in sharing our stories. Um, Anyway, so clearly I'm a lot more like emotional about what we're talking about today um, because I think that it was a big letdown for me. Um, For a bit of context, um, uh, about a month ago, we released an episode where I talked about reconnecting with my grandparents after 15 years apart, Um, you know, due to kind of family trauma and drama and complications. I went 15 years without seeing my grandparents, my mom's parents. Um, I'm not in contact with my dad or my dad side of the family. So like my grandparents are kind of the extended family that I had 
a small shred left of ouncing ounce of hope about reconnecting with. And um, for my grandmother's 80th birthday, we re reconnected with them. Um, and it was this like really beautiful thing. It was this kind of reconnecting and realizing um, how connected we were in terms of just our family history of realizing I am here today as like a Harvard graduate because my, you know, Chinese grandparents immigrated to the States in 1968 um, on like Einstein visas during the Chinese Ex Exclusion Act and the hard work that they put in as professors owning a Chinese restaurant in order to make my mom's life and then the life that I have today possible. And so I think that it was a really healing um, trip in October to the point that, you know, fast forward several weeks, uh, my sisters and I were excited to visit again one month later. I think, you know, it was a really tearful goodbye. Um, I think feeling a lot of emotion of why did we go 15 years without seeing them? And, you know, where does the drama come from? It seemed like they were just so excited to see us. Um, it seemed like they were really accepting. Um, and I kind of talked about this on the last podcast of feeling like, feeling like, you know, the beauty of maybe not having grown up with each other is that we don't have to live up to ex expectations of like the conservative Chinese values that they have because we can show up and be like, bro, you haven't known us like my whole life. Here I am as like a pansexual, you know, young person who, uh, you know, openly talks about periods as a career. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. And no, you can convince me to try to go to grad school, but it's not going to work, you know? And I think that there's this kind of like freeing moment of, uh, of, of feeling like we could have this unapologetic relationship with our grandparents. So we visited in early November um, and TLDR, we got disowned, like actually disowned. Uh, so I arrived on a Saturday and I get there. And to be honest, the top of my agenda with my sisters was like, let's spend some quality time with my grandparents and let's also help clean the house. You know, they've lived in this house for 60 years. They've been trying to move out, but you know, they're 80 and 83. And I think that, you know, they want to do it themselves, but at the same time, like, it's not made much progress. And I think my sisters and I, you know, we kind of see it as like an opportunity to help clean. Like, I think we, like my love language is acts of service. And like, I think I went into the weekend thinking, oh, it's going to be a labor of love to help like throw out recycling that's been in the garage for 60 years and like try to figure out what dead animal is smelling in the garage. There was a dead animal, by the way, um, that we had to stumble upon and find. But I think that for me, I, I we went into the weekend being like, is staying at a hotel, excited to reconnect with them, get to know them. And we were excited because our grandparents were excited. We had been in touch with our grandparents kind of like slowly. And we heard that my grandfather was like excited to cook for us. And he hasn't cooked for anyone in decades. And it was just like this sweet, like, oh my gosh, we have grandparents. It was like so emotional and so exciting. Um, and so kind of day one and day two, we were just cleaning and my sisters came to join. And so we were all together and it was just this really like fun sisters trip um, and like hearing more from my grandparents, learning more about their history. They tried to teach us Chinese. They were also excited 
excited to get to know us. And then, you know, of course, they at one point, my grandfather was trying to talk to us about changing our last name so he could, you know, give us some of the land in Taiwan that he owns that is in our family, but is only passed down to people with the last name. And because he has no grandsons, he only has granddaughters. He really wants one of like wants us to change our name on the contingent that we would then inherit some land anyway. So I think it was just like the first few days were this beautiful reconnecting of getting to know each other and helping around the house. Right. I think slowly encouraging my grandparents to feel comfortable with the fact that, you know, they have been more or less hoarding things for 60 years. And we were building this trust where they were excited and, you know, eager to let us kind of go through things and help them clean up. Um, and, you know, my grandfather, who's very frugal, finally let me pay for junk trucks. I called my like 1-800-JUNK number and ended up, we ended up filling like four trucks of junk. Um, it cost me like $2,500, like $2,000 and more. Um, and, but it was money that I was very happy to spend because here are grandparents that, you know, I'm learning more and more work their ass for decades in order to just like sustain a lifestyle as immigrants who experienced a lot of racism, especially in the academic community. Um, and you know, my grandfather who I'm just getting to know and, you know, isn't this a beautiful investment that we could make? Um, and honestly, it was just like a beautiful, a beautiful trip. Um, that being said, so on Sunday, yeah, on, no, on Monday that we were there, we call in the first batch of junk trucks. And Monday is kind of like when we start hitting some rocky roads. You know, throughout this time, I've been explaining to my grandparents what I do for a living, right? I'm explaining to them and trying to show them like what TikTok is, what social media is, and explain to them like, this is what I do for a living. And this is what I talk about. And this is what I show. And my grandmother, who's kind of followed me on Facebook only, because that's the only social media platform she knows how to use, is kind of like understanding. And I'm explaining like, this is how I show my body. This is what I talk about. These are the personal details that I talk about my trauma. Um, these are the moments in which I've talked about my family, um, you know, publicly, which is something that my family has really worked through. And, um, you know, in the absence of my grandparents from my, my life, I've talked about the fact that I don't have a connection to my grandparents because they've disowned my mom. And of course, to them, they're like, no, we didn't. That's not true. Like, and they told me a whole different story that my mom's like, of course, like that, you know, they have their own version. And I'm like, okay, mom, like, let's, you know, I'm just trying to feel out like all my trust issues coming to life being like, who do I trust? You know, what, what is the story here in my family trying to learn more about my family? Um, and then of course, like my grandfather starts to get really paranoid about every time I pick up my phone, you know, all this being said, my grandparents have been open with about like making content and like sharing it with my supporters, but the more and more they get to know about you know, what I do for a living, I think they start to have this like paranoia over like the fact that I talk about my personal life online. And they start to talk about like on Monday, three days into the trip, like how privacy is Chinese values and Chinese values is about not exposing people to who you are. Like my grandfather, who is a lawyer, kept saying, don't talk to people about what you really care about, what you like, your personal details, where you live, what your goals are, because they will come in and sabotage you. Like, don't trust anybody that, you know, talking about how he's in legal disputes with like his friends and everything. And I think that they're just started to feel this paranoia over like what my career was. And even my sisters who like one is an artist and killing it at art school 
and and both of my sisters who have like over 10,000 followers on Instagram and we all kind of talk about our shared trauma and healing, like we just start to kind of get this response from my grandparents every time we pick up our phones or every time we start talking about personal details over like this lecture about being open about ourselves and who we are or, you know, being literally like me being not heterosexual and all of these things like the mention of Chinese values, like Chinese values, this is not Chinese values. And, you know, meanwhile, Monday is still like a good time. Like Monday, we're still having fun. We're like bonding. My grandmother's excitedly passing us things that she wants to get out of the house. Um, She wants to try on my sister's shoes. So we're like playing dress up. We're all laughing. We ask if we can take a video and we're like taking this cute video and it all seems fine and dandy. And then Um, At the very end of Monday, when they're cleaning out some of the, you know, like literally huge junk trucks of junk that we've been able to get rid of from like molding furniture to a dead possum that we found in the corner that's been there for like God knows who knows how long. Um, As we're like helping getting rid of things, I see like black mold all over the ceiling and I'm like, oh, is that black mold? And my grandfather's like, yes, you know, don't tell anybody. And here I am like doing a podcast on it, but you know, they disowned me. So, you know, I can talk about this. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I pull out my phone to try to look up what black mold looks like to like verify, like black mold is something that is really terrifying. I don't want my grandparents to live in black mold. And my grandfather flips out. Like he starts yelling and, you know, I don't really understand what he's saying, but he's yelling. My other sister kind of hops in and I get so triggered. And look, I have complex PTSD and I've done so much work to make sure that I don't get triggered easily, you know, by sounds. Like I used to get triggered and have panic attacks when there was like a loud door clash, right? Like when there was a door bang or when I heard someone else yelling at someone, when when there was like violence in a movie, when I saw couples fighting, you know, publicly, Um, If someone kind of like waved their hand at me really fast, I would have a panic attack. Like I used to get triggered by a lot and I have done a lot of work not to get triggered, but my grandfather yelled at me and I shut the fuck down. Like my trauma response like completely came in. And you know, the the four trauma responses are um, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. And you know, this is something I've actually been writing about a lot in my book, but it's like, like when you get scared or you're triggered, you know, you have these four trauma responses where you can like fight back right which is like kind of what my little sister did she like went into full force like okay hold on like she jumped in the middle of me and my grandfather and was like standing up for me then there's flight which is I feel like my middle sister which was kind of like oh let's like run away like go away like run away like let's avoid this and then freeze is what I did where I was literally like he started yelling and my face was just like "Mm." Like, I didn't say anything. And I think it's kind of always scary because for those of you who know me, like even online, like I'm not a freeze type of person. Like I'm very like, if someone speaks back at me, if I get hate on the internet, I'm like, bro, let's talk about this. Like, you're not going to say that. You're not going to say that out periods. Like I'm much more like standing up for myself. But like when I'm triggered from my trauma responses, like, which is like, honestly, like a grown man yelling at me, which is like, a lot of my toxic past relationships, but a lot of my relationship in early childhood with my dad, I just froze. And I was like back in this like body of a terrified, like I was genuinely scared. Like I was going to get hit and I haven't gotten hit in a few years now, but like literally scared of getting hit. And I was just like frozen and I didn't say anything. My, you know, my sister, my youngest sister, God bless her soul. My 18 year old sister ended up being the one who was like standing in between my grandfather. And, you know, 
all that being said, I went back inside, I sat down and then my grandfather came in and he was like, just lecturing me about how it's just different family values. It's different Chinese values. And the idea of a phone opens me up to the danger of being sued. And like, it's just like all this kind of paranoia that started like lumping up and like the idea of being a young open person, then paranoia about like being exposed, but not exposed from like a, this is private. Don't talk about it, but like exposed from a, someone is going to come after you if you share personal details. And like, why would you say anything negative about your family? Because it's dishonor, right? Like dishonor on the family of what is shameful to put out there. And the image of what you put out there is only talking about your academic degrees. Like these are, this is a lecture that I was getting. Anyways, it ended okay. And it was like, okay, my grandfather was then excited about deciding what other furniture was going to get picked up the next day. Um, also side note, the junk guys were so sweet, like 1-800-JUNK. I don't know you know, what training y'all go through, but like me and my sisters were talking about it and we're always scared when like white men come into the house, especially in Portland. Like Portland is like a city of white liberal racists, to be honest. It's like, you know, the whitest major city in the US. And like, it is kind of like a nervous thing where it's like you, I, I think we're, we all grow up being kind of scared about what an interaction is going to be when like a contractor comes to the house or when a plumber comes to the house. But like the one I had junk guys came up and they were so wonderful, so nice, so understanding. And even with my grandparents kind of going off on them or them seeing my grandparents yell at me, they were so understanding and so supportive. And we decided that they would come back the next day. I agreed to pay like more, another thousand dollars for them to come. I was very excited for them to come. One of them was really cute. And my sister was like hitting on them. And, you know, we were kind of making vlogs and everything together. Um, anyway, so Monday night ended totally fine. And we thought everything was going to be good. And, you know, we ended the night laughing with my grandmother who was like excited about playing dress up and like putting on these vintage clothes and like my mom's old clothes. And it was just like this really beautiful, like laughing time. Like we have this video where I'm like, hi, I'm like, we're doing a dance video, like literally explaining it to her. And she's like, okay, love it. Like my grandmother had been like loving learning TikTok dances. asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. Anyway, so it's like all good. And then we wake up on Tuesday at 7 a.m. because the truck people are coming at 8 a.m. And we have texts from my grandfather of like 
being embarrassments to the family and my grandmother seeing some video online where I was talking about something about my family and where she showed up. And even though like we had explained what it was and she was excited about it, like my grandmother apparently had thought that we had forced her into playing dress up and, you know, all this to say, like across the weekend, I think we had slowly started picking up on like memory loss with my grandmother. Like, for example, she kept recalling memories and saying, oh, do you remember when I visited you at Harvard at night to be like, no, I'm like, that's not me. That was my mom. Right. Like things, small things like that or, you know, telling me a story over and over and over again, like every 10 minutes. But I think that like we woke up on Tuesday, all that being said, like to a flurry of texts that were about like you're an embarrassment. This is not Chinese tra traditional values. This is dishonor. How could you, you know, how could you sabotage and trick your grandmother into doing this, like against her will, all these things. And we were just so confused, but there was this kind of undertone in the messages of like, fuck you, don't come over. And so we would drive over to my grandparents and my youngest sister hops out of the car and she like goes up to the house and me and Amaya, my middle sister, we just sit in the car, like literally traumatized, like triggered out of our minds. My youngest sister, my middle sister, Amaya, you know, I think we were kind of talking about how our memories growing up in childhood were like my dad's starting to blow up, my parents starting to fight. And then me and my middle sister would just cry and cry and hold each other and just freeze. And we just wouldn't do anything. And if we were being yelled at, we would just cry and like just try not to make anything worse. Like don't poke the bear sort of situation. Um, and my youngest sister, who was like an infant, would like be in the corner. Right. And so I think that we were kind of talking about and just, I think, really proud of our youngest sister who was literally representing all of us to go fight for us. We heard her, you know, at the front of the door with my grandfather while we were in the car, like talking with my grandfather who is screaming at her, like, never come back. You're never allowed, like all of these things. And, you know, after 20 minutes in the car of like me and my middle sister being like talking about just how triggered we were, like literally shaking, like, oh my God, we're going to get disowned, you know, and just kind of being there. And then after maybe like 20, 30 minutes, my youngest sister comes up and she's like, okay, it's all good. Come in. And she's like, just go into the house. And my grandfather's all of a sudden like super nice. Okay. Like we'll make breakfast, everything. We sit down at the table and my grandfather's like, you know, maybe there was a memory, like memory thing, misconfusion, but you know, your grandmother was really upset yesterday and she was talking about how there's just a lot of dishonor about the life you're living, right? And the values of which you present. And, you know, did you trick or force her, like physically force her to play dress up? Like all these things that like we have obviously video evidence, like that's not what happened. But like there was this really big thing of like being personal and open online, Right. And how as we've shown them and explained to them what we do for a living and the values of which we hold and like me being open about my fucking sexuality, like all these things, like how they were against Chinese values, basically. And, you know, all being said, we're kind of like, OK, maybe it's maybe it's going to be totally fine. Like my grandfather seems OK. And my grandfather's just like, let's have breakfast. And then we have to drive my sister to the airport. And, you know, we're flying out that evening and, you know, it's 8 a.m. at this time. We're like, OK, it's fine. Like, let's just gonna go help clean up. And he's like, you know, just let Ama be like, let your grandmother be. Maybe you won't say bye this time. And we're like, wait, what? What do you mean we won't say bye? And so we're like, OK, this is going to be fine. Anyway, so we, me and Amaya, we start like cleaning and my youngest sister, who's like kind of kept us all together, like she goes up to talk to my grandmother thinking that like, oh, 
my maybe my this she wants to hear it directly from my grandmother and me and Amaya, of course are like eavesdropping and it's so heartbreaking i don't want to cry um but so me and Amaya are on the stairwell and we're like listening to what my sister is talking about with my grandmother and what we hear is like my grandmother just saying i never want to see you again like i never want to see you again and my youngest sister, we can hear her say, what do you mean you never want to see us again? Like, you want to disown us. And she's like, fine, if that's what you want to call it, I'm going to disown you. I don't want to see you again. And my my sister's like, why? And she just goes, too different. Like, you're not, your disappointment, like, not Chinese values. Um, it's disrespectful. Like, it's disrespectful. And my youngest sister is like, okay, so if you're going to disown us, I just want to, like, clarify that you're disowning us. Do you want to say goodbye? And she goes, yes, uh, you know, this is me saying goodbye to you. Um, and then, you know, Issa, we can hear her like trying to negotiate her being able to say bye to us. And our, uh, she goes, you know, Amaya is okay. Nadia is not okay because Nadia is the oldest and Nadia is responsible for all the mistakes that you make as like sisters. Like she's in charge. And Issa's like, no, she's not in charge. But my grandmother and like my grandfather, they, you know, every time they talk to me, they're like, you're the oldest your responsibility this is what you do everything your sisters do it's on you right like everything like even when my sister would mess up like i would get yelled at like it was just very like hierarchy of age which like obviously my sisters and i aren't used to um but yeah and so we kept cleaning up and it was really upsetting uh my younger sister cried and i was of course frozen and triggered i actually haven't cried about it since like i am still kind of very frozen in my emotions that's kind of like my trigger response is like i get so overwhelmed with like anger being upset shame disappointment sadness that i like don't really feel anything i'm just like numb so to be honest like i have been excited about this episode just because i'm like this is my commitment like i want to share this and you know throughout the day of being disowned, I was being open about it online. I was like, me and my sisters were all posting about it because I think we were kind of like, look, they weren't accepting of the fact that like we're open about what we've gone through. But like that is that is what empowers us as survivors to be like, look, this is the abuse we went through, but we found community, honestly, in the Me Too movement, in being able to own our trauma and say like, this is not something that defined us, but made us stronger. And so I think that when we were get dis getting disowned, like, you know, we got out of there real fast, like 9.30 a.m., an hour later, you know, my grandfather pretending like everything was fine, um, saying that we would see each other again. My grandmother being like, my grandmother literally came down at one point, didn't say goodbye, but said, you know, it's just so upsetting that you made your grandfather like treat him like a slave. And we were like, what? And my grandfather, like, meanwhile, what she was referring to is that my grandfather was cooking for us and he has not cooked for anyone in decades, like not even for her. And he was like excitedly cooking for us and he was having fun with it. And like, she just like, it was just like, was like, we were just so confused. And of course, like my borderline personality disorder was just like off the charts. Cause it was like, what is reality? Like what happened? How are we all living in a different reality anyway? So we call an Uber and me and Amaya and Isa head to the airport, even though Amaya and I don't have flights for like 12 hours. And we're just like, we need to get the fuck out. We get to the airport. We say goodbye to my sister. And we're just like, this is crazy. Like what happened? At one point I turned my sisters and I was like, is this like a BPD thing? Like this isn't in my head, right? Like just to clarify, like, did we just get disowned? And they're like, yeah, it's like that just really happened. We called Henry. We called my mom. And my mom was like, of course, you know, I warned you like this is, you know, it's going to be OK. And like my mom was just like really concerned about us. But also like my mom has been there like my mom has gotten disowned. Like it was just it was so much. 
Um, anyway, so I got back at like Monday in Monday afternoon because me and Amaya were able to be standby on other flights and I got back a week ago. So I got disowned a week ago after like 15 years of not seeing my grandparents, literally doing a podcast episode about how excited I was to be reconnected, being like in my whole being healed, excited about the work that I'm doing, open, comfortable in my body, opened about my sexuality. And because of those things, we got disowned for not being good Chinese granddaughters. Um, and, you know, over the last week, I've been doing a lot of reflecting over like what that means. Like, what does it mean that we weren't Chinese enough? Right. Like or literally being told you are not Chinese. Right. Like because I'm pretty sure like biologically I'm Chinese. Right. But, you know, when we distill this down of like what this means. Right. And I keep thinking about this is like when our grandparents say that we're not Chinese, what they're saying is that like we are open about what we've gone through. We're not fake about like what our family is. Like we talk about our trauma. We don't only talk, like they're very about like never bring, talk about mental health. Like don't talk about mental health publicly because that is shameful, right? Oh, also I found out that my grandfather's like was a professor in child abuse and neglect. Meanwhile, like there's a lot going on there. Um, But like the whole idea of never talk about your trauma publicly, like it brings shame on the family, right? So this idea of like dishonor. And then it's also like as a woman, literally being quiet, like what is not, what is the limit of being loud and outspoken? And how can you kind of stick to the values of what they're talking about? Also being focused on money and success and their idea of success. And, you know, they were very upset that I was not doing grad school. So like this kind of like academic expectation. And so I think that there was a lot of like hurt for me that was not only like losing my grandparents, but I mean, y'all have been with me on Tigris for the last few months where I've talked about being really confused and ashamed of what it means to be Asian American, like feeling culturally lost about Am I Japanese? Am I Chinese? Am I Asian American? But why is it that my Asian American friends think that I'm not Asian because I'm so assimilated and I don't speak another language? And then being told by my grandparents that I'm not Chinese, right? And that I'm not welcome in that even the household, right? And in the last episode I did about my grandparents, I talked about how excited I was to learn about my past. You know, we were looking through these photo albums, seeing like where my grandparents are from. My grandfather was asking us to change our name so that he could give us land. And we were talking about going to Taiwan and like learning about those things. And like now it's not going to happen because I'm not Chinese or is it going to happen because then he texted my sister acting like nothing happened, but then also saying that if we don't change, we're not welcome back. Right. So I think that like, you know, I'm not I think I'm still processing this again. Like I haven't cried. And I think in many ways I've kind of been like, oh, well, we're disowned. Well, we went 15 years without seeing them. I guess it'll just go back to that, you know, but also this hurt of like, I feel like I'm kind of back at square zero of like, what does it mean to be Asian American? And like, even my own family, like I'm a disappointment and they're ashamed of me because of what that I feel strong, that I'm open, that I've chosen to live my life in a way where I talk about trauma and periods openly, you know, that me and my sisters, like me and my sister, my grandmother asked us if we had sex and we were like, yeah. And my sisters were like, we have a lot of sex, you know, like to them, it's just so different. And even like the idea of me having tattoos, like just so much. And it's really upsetting too, because I think that there's an anger in me that's like, how can you expect us to be Chinese and live by your values when you've neglected to be in touch for 15 years? 
And you know, at one point we were eating and I was like, why did we go so long without seeing each other? And they go, oh, well, you know, Portland is just too cold. And like, that's such a bullshit answer. Like Portland is not colder than DC where they have gone every year to see my grandparents and my other cousins when they've gone to see their other granddaughters um, who are honestly living a much more traditional like Chinese life, which is like just like a lot more by the book, to be honest. Um, like they speak Chinese, they like go to Chinese school, but they've seen my their other granddaughters from my uncle um, every year. And they're going back for Thanksgiving. That is not the case with my family. And when we asked them why we haven't seen them, their answer was Portland is too cold, right? So it's like, I think that I have a lot to go through. And I'm not really sure how I feel in terms of like hope for reconnecting or wanting to reconnect because I think there was a lot that was said that I'm not even like ready to share right now. There's a lot that was said and there was a lot that happened that like was just honestly really re-traumatizing. And again, like I haven't been triggered like that in, in, a, in a minute. And like me and my sister were kind of really back in that in that place that honestly isn't too good for us to be in in a headspace. Um, also, like, I think at the same time, it is another trauma bonding thing that my sisters and I have gone through because like we've been texting a lot more. And that day and since then, I've just felt like so abundantly thankful for my sisters like holy shit like I that could not we could not have gotten out that of that with like out my sisters being together um so I'm feeling like really thankful for the family that I have and I'm feeling really thankful for like the chosen family that I have I think it was another reminder if I not that I needed another reminder that biological family is like this societal construct that that is like your home family but like I I think of family more and more at every point in my life of like, you know, how people say there's a difference between a house and a home. Like a house is the physical house, but a home is like the feeling of being safe and secure there. That's how I feel about my family. Like there's biological family and there's chosen family. Biological family is this family that's actually like perpetually hurt me in so many ways, except for my sisters and, you know, sometimes my mom, but like my mom who's been there for me and unconditionally loved me. But like my dad, my grandparents, everything that's been like so conditional and like not really family. And then I have my chosen family, which is like, you know, the adults and family friends that have like been there for my family and I through everything. My boyfriend who's like become family and best friend. And I think that right now, all I can say is I'm feeling more positive than negative because this experience, I think, has taught me like that I need to be independent, that like I'm still very much on the journey of understanding what it means to be me. What does it mean to be Asian American? I kind of thought I knew. And then I felt like I was getting more answers. And now I'm kind of like square negative one, you know? So I have a lot more soul searching to do and a lot more learning to do. But I'm feeling really thankful. And I think I'm also feeling like me and my sisters need each other more because we, I think we were all triggered and we are all having different responses. Like my middle sister, I'm worried that she's not sleeping. So like, I think that I'm just feeling thankful and I'm also feeling thankful for this community on Tigris. And, you know, I really thought about whether or not I was going to do an episode on this. But when I posted about being disowned online, I got thousands of comments from strangers who talked about them being disowned. And a lot of other Asian Americans who talked about similar experiences of knowing their parents were disappointed in them or grandparents because of what they represented and how they lived their life and what they chose to do with their careers. And so I'm choosing to share this because I think that unfortunately, when we were disowned, I felt so much shame and I felt so alone and I felt so sad. And as I've shared it online, I've started to find this community of like second, third generation or even first generation. Like I'm first generation Japanese and second generation Chinese. Like 
finding this community where we're finding other Asian Americans who like have gone through similar things. And like, we're not alone in this and it's sad and it's upsetting and it, I wish it wasn't happening, but we're not alone. And I hope I know that, you know, I came on here a month ago to talk about the excitement that I had about reconnecting with my grandparents. And here I am giving you an update about being disowned. Um, but it's been a beautiful week. I hit a million followers on TikTok and I found that community and I'm really thankful for being, you know, in that space I'm in. And I felt really empowered to share my story. So I'm really thankful. So thank you to all of you for listening uh, to me talk about this and creating the space for me to talk about it. Um, and thank you so much to my friends at DCP, my incredible producers, Jackie, Q, Nick, our sound engineer, um, and Kelsey, Casey, my Chi, my beautiful assistants and manager for giving me the space and platform to talk about this. Um, and you can stream Tigris wherever podcasts are streamed every Wednesday. And I will see you next week. Bye, y'all. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.